So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homies Julia and Alex. You both absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. It's now for episode 88 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So it's up with the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a good day. Episode crazy 88, I love it. Um, it's going to be a laid-back episode talking about something we both love and... Without further ado, Eric, tell us, tell the people what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, exactly. Easy going episode tonight. We're going to be doing our, we pretty much do one episode at least per year on this topic, which is the NHL. And we normally tend to dive in at the end of the season or at the start of the season. So it's an interesting point that we're going into today in our NHL playoff push version of our NHL coverage that we do on the podcast in that at the time of recording, the third round of the NHL playoffs is about to begin literally tonight so we have four teams left Colorado Edmonton in the west and Tampa Bay and New York the New York Rangers in the east about to square off in what's been an extremely exciting playoff run in my opinion I've had a ton of fun watching these games and I think we could dive into the four remaining teams right away Matt who are you liking at this point to take it all out of these four teams that are remaining Oh, such a it's gonna be like a cliche easy answer but I'm liking Tampa Bay just based on the strength of their goaltending and the fact that they've they've done it the last two years so picking Tampa for the three-peat and before I elaborate uh before I go on like Eric what, what team are you do you liking for the the cup yeah it's crazy because we actually today and yesterday I went back and listened to most of our NHL episodes that we've done just to see like how right we were on some takes wrong on others and we picked Tampa to, again, potentially repeat for a third time. And we didn't even consider it to be that crazy at the time when really like, it was a pretty crazy statement to make that yeah, Tampa could win it again. Like It's hard enough to win twice in a row, let alone three times. And I think they're a lock to make the finals. Like I don't see New York beating Tampa at this point. And I think Colorado would have the best chance of taking New York, uh, taking Tampa down I think it's Tampa again, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not rooting for them to win for a third time. I, I have been rooting for them throughout the playoffs against uh, the Maple Leafs, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. But now, like, I don't really want them to win again. I'd rather, I'm going for whoever comes out of the West, to be honest, to win. Whether that be Edmonton or Colorado, like, that's who I want to see win the Cup. But Tampa is just above everyone else. And the way Vasilevsky's played after he struggled at the start of the Toronto series, now he's dialed it in locked in at the right time it's scary how good this team is and they're doing it all without Braden Point too which makes it even crazier that's another that's a good thing to highlight too missing one of their best players I too like my heart wants Edmonton or Colorado to win the cup but my brain is telling me Tampa I'd love to see honestly I'd pick my number one choice is like to see McKinnon hoist that cup like it'd be so glorious to see and like McDavid's gonna have his time but it's like McKinnon first yeah so a little background this is the first year i've been watching like i've i've never watched more playoffs than this year like i've just been loving it maybe it's the fact that i've been watching more that this is my favorite playoff year in a long time other than last night's game seven carolina new york rangers game like there has it the games have been close and exciting well like a couple series notwithstanding but um back to tampa bay like you know when we hear our father like our dads and our uncles talk about like the 
the dynasties of the Oilers, the New York Islanders, Montreal. Like I like we're witnessing one right now, in my opinion, and it's exciting to like witness history as it's happening, hockey history. And I don't know, do you do you get that like cool like this um like you're gonna have future nostalgia on this moment, Eric type of vibe? And are you getting like witnessing something great here? I a hundred percent agree with that assessment because that those are like the big two are like the Oilers and the Islanders when they won four in a row in the eighties. And like this is our equivalent of those runs that mm-hmm. our fathers saw before, right? And yeah. it is cool to see. Like in the last two years, I cheered for Tampa. Like I wanted them to repeat again. I've made my feelings clear that I would not cheer for Montreal in the finals. <laughs> and I was going for Tampa. I was pumped for them. And yeah. at the end of the day, if they do win for a third time in a row, I will be happy for them. That's just not really who I over. Like like you said, a McKinnon. A McDavid, and funnily enough, I was actually gonna bring this up, Matt. When we did our episode in the fall with Justin, shout out Justin, you said that you wanted McKinnon to win over McDavid because we were talking about like who's the next guy up that you want to see win, and I guess your feelings are still there. Mm-hmm. Your allegiance is still towards McKinnon over McDavid at this point in the upcoming series. Absolutely, like to keep it on Tampa Bay, like. Tampa Bay, like the the first round against Toronto, like that was like that was an amazing series. It was so fun to watch those games and like hear the Leaf tears, like hear hear everyone complain I worked the next day every time they lost. But like Tampa Bay, that was their biggest hurdle, and I think like they have already surpassed their toughest opponent, in my opinion. I guess is what I'm saying. Like they're gonna, it's gonna be easier for them as they go on. It's like a giant uh, locomotive engine that it's hard to start going, it's hard to get going, and then right now, but now it's like just like flying down the railroad full speed ahead and nothing can stop them the not an avalanche or oil spill or <laughs> nice. uh, a ranger yeah, those, <laughs> wow, th- those things couldn't of- stop the hogwarts express and that's what tampa bay is looking like right now no i 100 yes. percent agree that you know it's crazy that toronto gave them their biggest test so far and i do think toronto like it's crazy how close they were in this year the leaf fans weren't as mad that they lost to Toronto in the yeah. way they to Tampa in the way they did because they gave it their all the stars showed up but it still wasn't enough to take down Tampa and I do feel for Toronto honestly this year even though I wasn't cheering for them I was like you should have seen me cheering against Toronto this year it was like pay per view worthy <laughs> but and it took a lot of my energy out for cheering for future games I think Toronto would have beaten most teams in the East to be honest they just drew like the toughest matchup possible. Yeah. And even with home ice in Game 7, it wasn't enough. And Tampa is that well-oiled machine that even, like we already said, without point, they can still get these games. They can get teams to play the way they want them to play. And their decor, which we talked about in previous episodes, is unbelievable. Like, McDonough turns into an absolute horse in the playoffs. Hedman is Hedman. He's unbelievable. He doesn't even look like he's trying that hard out there. Similarly to a Kucherov who... Can be frustrated, frustrating, but at the end of the day, the guy's an absolute wizard, a young Voldemort out there on the ice, if you will, to keep up with the Harry Potter references. All-world skill. Love seeing Stamkos kill it and be a part of this run as well, like he wasn't a part of their first cup, so it's nice to see him really engage this one. And Nick Paul, ecstatic for him. His big game against the Leafs to ice them was unreal. And if, if uh, Kucherov is a young Voldemort, you said, well, freaking Vasilevsky is Dumbledore because he's just like, <laughs> nothing can get past him. Nice. Uh, well, <laughs> but um, 
Back to the Toronto, like I know a lot of listeners, some listeners are diehard Leaf fans, cough, cough, Justin. If you're the Toronto GM, Eric, like what do you, what do you need differently to like surpass, to like get further? Like what, what was it Campbell? What, what are your thoughts on that? I know. And that's such a tough question because in my opinion, this was the best Leaf team we've ever seen in the six years that Matthews and Marner have been on that team, right? Mm -hmm. The thing to me that was the big factor was that and Leaf fans kind of blamed this on their demise last year was the absence of a John Tavares due to injury. Well, was there an injury this year? Because I didn't notice him at all out there. And other than being a glorified <laughs> centerman, winning faceoffs at a tremendous rate, getting paid 11 mil, you got to be doing way more than that to contribute to your salaries buck. And for me, he was a non-factor. And he might have had one good game, honestly, but you need way more out of that guy to be able to move on to the second round, which has been their bane the last three years, especially. I don't hmm. know what you do. I, honestly, Campbell, in my opinion, outplayed Vasilevsky for the majority of that series. Vasilevsky was incredible the last few games. And yeah. since then has been on a run, Dumbledore. But cannot fault Campbell, in my opinion, for the loss. And I don't really know where you can really pinpoint a, an identifiable weakness that it was there that they went wrong. I, I singled out Tavares. That would be my answer, but you can't do anything with that. Like He's an unmovable object due to his contract. If I was Toronto, I would trade Nylander for two pieces that are the equivalent value of his contract, which isn't that much. Like Nylander for a $7 million cap hit is great. But I think if you can get his contract's value split to two like really solid pieces and spread out the wealth in your lineup, you're maybe better off. And guys who are made to play playoff hockey, which Nylander has proven that he doesn't always step up when it matters most, especially physically. Like he shies away from it. So that'd be my take. I love what you said. Like pound for pound, Tampa was a better team. Like, and I agree. It, like the Campbell Vasilevsky thing, a hundred percent, Eric. And like the game, game seven, Tampa Bay won like two to one. Or yep. I think Nick Nick Paul had two goals in that game, grinder for Tampa. And like maybe Tampa's grinders were just much better than Toronto's grinders because that's what wins you the series at the end of the day. Everyone's got a good first line. I'm happy to see Pete, like ex Senators players like Nick Paul shine with Tampa Bay. Like I was pumped for him, and I would be. I'd love to see him hoist a cup. So maybe Toronto has to look at getting like more quality second tier players and that's what you said like get get rid of Nylander get two equivalent two players that are equivalent to him exactly you know people like Con, uh, players like Connor Brown or I mean there's just watch the play every game every night there's players like that on every team that we don't know their names but they're like amazing shifting to the west a little uh, Calgary Edmonton or Calgary in general I think I was expecting them to go way further Eric I don't know about you just looking at their lineup um and the way like Goudreau finished the year and all their players, Lindholm, like is Lindholm one of my fantasy keepers now? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> True. Yeah, he had Probably. A year. He killed it. So yeah. I think Calgary, I'm like Markstrom, total disappointment. Like I watched those that last series against Edmonton and I was I was appalled by the goaltending. And I also want to talk about the Oilers goaltending too. Um, but what are, your, what are your thoughts on Calgary? Well, funnily that you mentioned keepers. Now, I'm sure your dad might think twice about keeping Markstrom in our pool based on his playoff performance, <laughs> which left something to be desired. I agree. And I actually had that written down as like biggest surprise of the postseason was Calgary for me. I didn't expect... I honestly expected Dallas to be a bit more of a test than people gave them credit for, but I didn't expect it to go to 7, 100%. 
And then I expected them to win against Edmonton. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. I was sure, especially based on how the first game in that series went, the 9-6 shootout. Yeah. I was sure Calgary was taking it. They're the heavy favorite on paper. But, and like you said, we're going to get into Edmonton later. Their stars, I think, maybe not disappeared, but didn't step up in the way that Edmonton's stars did. And I, I'm looking at kind of a Matt Kachuk in that he's someone you really want to play that playoff hockey style game, and he should. And he kind of got caught up in that getting tangled up with Kane, and he ran his mouth a little too much, in my opinion. Like, he should have let his play do the talking instead, but maybe the, Matt Kachuk just can't help it. Like, he thrives hmm. in there, but... I think that was his downfall. And to be fair, the games were really late, so I didn't get to catch that many of the Edmonton-Calgary games, unfortunately. But of what I saw, Calgary's effort was uninspiring. And um, I'm interested to see what they do in the offseason. Like, they need to re-sign Goodrow, who's a UFA. Is he going to come back? He's going to be expensive. And then they're going to need to pay Makachuk big time, like a minimum of $9 million because that's his qualifying offer. Like, to keep him, they need to give him at least 9 Oh, absolutely. And Manjapani also needs a new contract. So it's going to be a different looking team. I still believe in that core, though, if they can keep them all. Like, I do like Calgary, but surprising for sure. Like, probably the biggest surprise of the playoffs for me. I am super curious about the Matt Kachuk, like, signing or if he's going to change teams. Like, that's, like, a point of interest for me. Um, Edmonton, though, like, I I also, Eric, like, I have to get up early in the morning. I can't watch all the Western games, but... uh, Watching all the highlights, oh my hell, like McDavid. Let's talk about McDavid. Unreal. Like, I, ugh, I don't, I'm speechless right now. The things he does, like, it's it's not that he's fast. He's fast with the, like, him and McKinnon with the puck, they're, like, ultra-human fast. It's crazy. And McKinnon probably has the goal of the playoffs, right? Like, would you say so? Yeah, 100%. That was an amazing <sighs> goal. And too bad that they lost that game, but yeah, get into that later as well. But, man, yeah. I just want to highlight, like the the when we're gonna to talk to the, like the future generations of the stars of our time, like the McKinnons, the McDavid's, like we're witnessing like why they're so great right now, and it's beautiful to watch. Like I know that's just how my dad talks about like Bobby Orr and Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky, Mike Bossy, you know all the greats. My movie watching has gone down <laughs> downhill, but like I'm watching all these sports every night, and yeah. I'm I, I can't I can't miss this chance to see like the greatest the best hockey at the highest level same thing for me i'm gonna now all the games have an 8 p.m eastern standard start time for both series i'm gonna try to watch like every game i can now like tonight Mm -hmm. colorado edmonton i'm gonna try to watch that whole game hopefully it doesn't go to like double overtime there (laughs) but we'll see how it goes but no mcdavid man is really putting the debate to rest about who's the best player in the league like, not that there really was a debate to be honest people try to spark like that conversation and the people who kept arguing like oh Matthews is better than McDavid like no 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 just stop there's <laughs> this shouldn't even be a conversation that we're having right now like McDavid is making that abundantly clear he's a league above everyone else I can't wait to see him go toe-to-toe with McKinnon who McKinnon is kind of trying to downplay that storyline which I don't believe for a second that he really thinks that God's oh, not a storyline. It's no, like he wants to prove that he's better than McDavid because that's a conversation people were having for the last few years as well as McKinnon or McDavid. Some people said McKinnon was the best in the world. Well, here's a chance to prove it. And I can't wait to see those two go toe to toe. 
and then like deeper down the line, like obviously not that deep down, like Dreisaitl, Makar, Landeskog, Rantanen, Evander Kane, what he's doing for um, Edmonton has been unreal. It's going to be a fun series. And watching McDavid celebrate that series-winning goal, I had a, the biggest smile on my face. I was so happy for him when they knocked out Calgary. Like You just know how much that meant for him. He's never been to the Western Conference Finals. I didn't think Edmonton would go this far. Like When the season started, my pre- preseason prediction, I think I said like Edmonton's going to be maybe make the playoffs because the division's weak, but I don't see them doing any damage. And I truly believed that. And still in the playoffs, I wasn't sure. But now, like, I'm all in. I think this team can go as far as McDavid and Dreisaitl carry them. They have a shot at beating Colorado, honestly. Like, I I don't want to bet against McDavid right now. And that's who I'm cheering for in that series, personally. Like, let's go, McDavid. Yeah. And just the, for the McKinnon-McDavid talk, like, I personally like McKinnon's style of play more. He, I, I find he's more like he'll shoot more often than McDavid. At least that's what I observed. I don't watch every game. But, like, I love I, – I, I think I like watching McKinnon – no, not I think. I do like watching McKinnon more than McDavid because McKinnon's more like that killer, like, sniper, like, going to be shooting the puck. McDavid just is like – if, if if like, Kucherov is a wizard and McKinnon uh, – sorry, McDavid is, like, the, the person who invented magic or whatever. <laughs> like, he's above all else. He's, he's the force, you know, to Kucherov's Darth Vader. I don't know. I don't know about that analogy, but um, it's so flies for Edmonton. uh, Mike Smith, like that's. Mm. I don't think Edmonton's winning anything with Mike Smith. I'm sorry, he's. I watched some highlights and I'm like, how the hell did he stop the puck? Great job. And then I watched something else and I'm like, oh my god, it's. He's. I'm reminded that Mike Smith is Mike Smith. Which is a bumbling like clowns in the net most of the time. (laughs) Um, But then again, Colorado doesn't have like. A star net, right? So, are we going to get a shootout tonight? Are we going to get, like, just extremely grindy, like, not a lot of chances? I don't know. Whoever stays out of the box, right? Like, ask, a, ask the Carolina last night, mm. you know, the, the going into the box cost them that game in the first, like, 10 minutes. So, can't take those penalties. You know, a too many men penalty last night in that game killed them. I hate to see my guys Aho and Sveshnikov go out like that, but uh, uh, one of them is getting the drop in fantasy. Can't say who at this point, so they're going to mull over options. Yeah, no, so to your, to your point, though, about Mike Smith and um, comparing him to Kemper as well, I don't believe in either of them, to be honest, more than that. I agree with you. Mike Smith is definitely not your typical championship-winning goaltender, but he's come up more clutch, I would say, than... Kemper, and again, I haven't seen all the games, so I can't fully take my word. And Smith also gave up a terrible goal against Calgary from their own zone. <laughs> the the friggin' clearing attempt by Rasmus Anderson that went in, I couldn't believe that. And they thankfully they won that game, but yeah. that could have been a series turner. Like that goal specifically could have been a TSN turning point in the series. But he's made some kind of clutch saves, I'll say. But Kemper, and from what I've seen, I have no faith in him. Like. <laughs> I think that could be a weakness that Edmonton should exploit. Obviously, you're trying to score goals on a goaltender. Obviously, you're going to try to exploit that. But the game against St. Louis where he was completely out of his net and then Josh Manson made a save on, I think it was Buchnevich, that could have been the game right there. Had that goal went in, like that's a terrible goal to give up by Kemper. But thankfully, Manson played goaltender for his goalie and then Colorado was able to win that game. But I just, I don't know, I'm not a fan of Kemper. And I would say goaltending is kind of a wash in this series. So it'll be up to the 
the forwards and the defensemen to um, keep pucks out and put pucks into the opposing team's nets. Less, it's less not going to be a huge goaltending matchup. Yeah. Whereas the other series is way more like Chesterkin versus yeah. Vasilevsky's. That that's your big storyline. That's not the case here. Could be a shootout yeah. tonight. The the Eastern will be like a chess match, and the Western will be like an all out assault. And whoever stays out of the whoever give whoever has the most power plays will will probably win. Yeah. And oh, you made a good point on um yeah like Kemp like Colorado is always like it seems like a goal away from like just like a bad goal away from losing or like St Louis that was a tough hurdle too. Speaking of like hurdles, yep. like St Louis has a good team. The New York Tampa Bay series. Okay, talking about the Rangers here. Yep. I, I honestly, I love watching the Rangers play. They're really fun to watch. Fox, okay, let's talk about Fox, Adam Fox for a second. I only knew of him because I think your bro was like killing it in fantasy pool yeah. with him, first of all. Not I think he was. Uh, congrats to Andy, by the way, for winning that. Yep, big dub, Andy. She's a, let's go. Hold she's down. like, she kicks ass every year in that yeah. pool. Um, but wow, is he fun? Like, am I having fun watching him play? Super exciting. I love watching this young Rangers team play. I didn't know, like, they're they're exciting. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be good for many years to come. Zabanajad's finally woken up. You know, he finally picked hockey over music and DJing. So now he's like completely <laughs> focused on hockey. What are your thoughts on these new young Rangers? So speaking of Andy and the Rangers, that was actually her preseason call for who was gonna win the cup. Wow. So she's. I don't want to jinx her here, but like top four finish. It's look like it could happen. So that's a yeah. huge call going into the season. Crazy call. We should have put some money on that. Maybe next year I'll ask her who she's feeling. And uh, well, uh, anyway, it's not done yet, but it's a pretty crazy <laughs> call. And New York is a super fun team to watch. And like I was just talking about the Carolina guys that I have in fantasy. Mm. I really lost interest in Carolina and didn't want them to win, to be honest, because the Rangers have been way more fun to watch. And that's what you want in the playoffs is fun hockey and Carolina was getting smoked by Tampa, so it didn't even matter. Like, you'd rather see New York, in my opinion, has a better shot of beating Tampa. I don't think yeah. they will, but they could. Like, they 100% could. They're built more for the playoffs than Carolina is. And for me, another thing I had written down as, like, biggest surprise of the postseason has been Lafreniere. He's been unbelievable to watch. Like, he hasn't been, like, wowing you with like insane skill and like incredible goals like McKinnon style but he's been playing a hard-nosed playoff style game and I think going into next season like he's going to be a force to watch and people who are calling him a bust after one season is so ridiculous like he's Mm -hmm. that line with him and Capo Caco and Philip Hedl the kid line as they're called has been super fun Shesterkin's been amazing DJ Zbad, I'm super happy for his success too. Chris Kreider, 50 yeah. goal man, out of nowhere, just killing it. And Panarin is fun. And Adam Fox, last but not least, we got to go see him. We watched a Sens versus Rangers game early in the season. Zach and I went to watch, and obviously Zach has vested interest in him because of fantasy. Every single time he was out there with the puck, like puck on a string, little half toe drag, chipping the puck under or over a stick. Little pass you'd never even think of making in a million years. Even in my beer league, I'd never attempt something like that. And he just pulls it off so easily that it's just a treat to watch. They're going to be a good team for a really long time. Like their rebuild got accelerated with Fox, Shisterkin, yeah. and then winning the lottery with Lafreniere and Kako. They jumped up both times. I'm not cheering for them though. I, it's weird. Yeah. I don't want Tampa to win the cup, but I'm also like, 
you know, I don't know. It's tough to say. Like I do want it, – it'd be cool if Andy was right too that New York wins the Cup. But <laughs> uh, I'm, like I said, I'm going for the team in the West, teams in the West. So I wouldn't hate if the Rangers won. But like – and uh, like Kreider, another potential keeper for me. Like he scored over 50 goals. I believe 51 maybe. Yeah, true. And Jacob Truba, like – Guy's a menace on the ice. Like you gotta be aware when he's on the ice. I love watching him play. He, he freaking knocked out a Carolina player last night. I actually hate Truba. I'll just say you, you hate not him. A fa- not a fan of Truba. <laughs> yeah, but would you want him on your team? For sure. He's good at what he does. I feel like some of his hits have been kind of questionable in the playoffs, yeah. but you know it, it's prison rules out there in the playoffs, <laughs> and uh, he's the kind of guy you do like who helps you get far and point case and point. So. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair, but like it's it's fun to watch and I I had vested interest in the Pittsburgh Rangers series cuz my girlfriend's a diehard Penguins fan and like I was watching every game and getting secondhand like she was getting really like into it and pissed off when the that was a fun series to watch basically and so. I don't know, I think Pittsburgh's like on their like last the last breath of like their their heyday here. All the guys are getting older, but they still had some juice in them some games, and it was fun to watch. But, like, you're on your third, second and third goalie. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. you're not beating Shesterkin with those guys. And um, I'm sure she's not too crazy about Truba either after that hit that no. took out Crosby of the, the series and swing the series in the Rangers' favor. Like, if that doesn't happen, Pittsburgh is winning. It's a, like a sweep. Right? Yeah. That's no, another no, sorry. what if, but anyways, yeah. pretty crazy. I love swings like that, like little moments like that that change, like what if, what if, basically. Yeah. Uh, like what if Jari was playing, what if, uh, anyways. Um, other notable series, I really liked watching the um, the Washington floor. I thought Washington, Eric, like I thought Washington had this. Mm, yeah. Just on the strength of like a veteran team versus Florida who's not, like Florida showed their true colors in the second round when they were just got completely out. I didn't watch a lot of those games, Eric, but like Florida just no show, right? Yeah, um, and it's interesting because Florida against Washington, I found most of the games Florida did deserve to win, in my opinion. Like they're pressing and controlling the play a lot more than Washington, but Washington just yeah. was getting good goaltending and ended up getting like a really clutch goal late and then would go up and shut it down. But they played a little too tentative, I found later in the series too, and were just trying to hold on to leads. And then when Florida finally broke through, it was like, all right, floodgates are open. Let's go. Let's keep it running. And they would end up getting a few goals and win the games that, in my opinion, they deserve to win. But then, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a completely different team against Tampa. Like, they were not a threat whatsoever to Tampa. It, it was a sweep. What am I? I was thinking, did they win a game? Like, no, they got no, destroyed. Yeah. And I do think that if Toronto had beaten Tampa, maybe it wouldn't have been a sweep, but they for sure would have beaten Florida if they played the way they did. And then that begs the question... Was Florida playing so poorly because Vasilevsky was in their heads that they were still getting quite a few shots on net and just nothing was going through? I want to say he allowed like five goals that whole series or something nuts. He was just on another level. And if they win the cup again, he's going to win the con Smythe. Cooch might get the points, but he's not as valuable as Vasilevsky has proven to be. Yeah, Yeah, Florida is definitely disappointing though. Like they're my biggest... Them in Calgary, biggest disappointments and biggest surprises um, in the playoffs. I had Florida going in the finals against Colorado, which was a terrible call. Like it never <laughs> happens that the two, the number one seeds in both conferences, end up in the finals there. But 
What are your thoughts, Eric, on the immense amount of rest that the Lightning's getting? Is it too much or not enough? Or not, yeah. Rest, as Guy Boucher prominently said, is usually a weapon, but it can also be your downfall. And that teams that sweep, it often happens that they get swept afterwards. Like Colorado swept Nashville. They obviously still won their second round, but St. Louis seemed to have more bite in their game than Colorado at times. They still end up winning, though, so that argument is null but I think that Tampa is still the favorite against New York New York should be tired Shesterkin has found his game though so that that should give New York some confidence I don't know it's weird because Tampa just come off a long seven game series against Toronto to then swing to a sweep so is that going to be the same thing for New York who just had a seven game series against Carolina with a lot of swings where they, they never win a home game or they never win a road game, then they'd win at home. And anyway, it was just a weird series. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think the rest is going to help Tampa a lot. And like, they'll just, they're just going to need like 10 minutes in the first period to like, remember, like get back in their the zone. And then they're going to be fine because they're a veteran team. They've been there before. So it's going to help them. I just keep remembering the sense like uh, in 2007, they beat Buffalo pretty quickly in the third round, I believe. And then facing the Ducks, I think they had a lot of rest too, if I, if I remember right. And yeah, let's short five. Games why do I have to remind myself? Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're having game. a good time. Just not stressing yeah, over that those Ugh. days, but no, that wound is still somewhat I will, fresh. Till the day I die, I will never forget what I was doing. Like I remember exactly everything about that series, Eric. It's crazy. I'll never forget it. Never. Ugh. The emotion. Those are the glory days for sure for uh, us Sens yeah. fans. And we're going to get back to that for sure. And we can definitely get into some Sens stuff. Yeah. Um, the like, outlook of next year. Were there any other series that you wanted to go over that have passed? or? No, I mean, like, Boston Carolina didn't really. Like, that was a homer. Like, Carolina's only winning at home. And yeah. players like Shveshnikov, huge disappointment. What did he have? Yes. Like, how many points did he have in the playoffs? Like, I don't not... Know. I think he had one goal, or one goal against the Rangers, maybe. Maybe he had a few others in that Boston series. But no, Carolina, again, another yeah. disappointment, probably. But yeah. a lot of people didn't peg that. They pegged them as, like, false contenders. So, mm. not that far off, honestly. And yeah, Sveshnikov, um, I got some thinking to do about you, buddy. But yeah, Carolina, mm. just I lost interest in them when I saw, like, the kind of game they were playing and just... New York was Same. more fun, and like, you know, let's ride with them. So I put up a poll on Insta, too, about which team people were going for at this point. Okay. There was an overwhelming majority of, not that surprising, to be honest, more well above, like, 60% of people are going for Edmonton at this point. Like, the Canadian team, the McDavid. Like, I think the McDavid is a big factor, and especially, like, for myself, I've said on the pod, I don't just go for Canadian teams because they're Canadian. I have to like the team. Didn't go for Montreal last year, and I said I was cheering against Toronto again this year. Edmonton, though, I'll get behind. Like, I do like, I like McDavid, Dreisaitl, um, they're young, they're defensemen as well. Um, yeah. Hyman, all, you know what, I'm just going for them to win. Then the second up was Colorado. They got a, quite a few votes as well. Then Tampa got a few, and then at that point, New York, Carolina wasn't done. So I put both up, and that got one vote. I'm assuming that was for New York, but could be wrong. <laughs> so yeah, no surprise there. I mean, if a Canadian, if Edmonton won, I'd be like over the moon, like like oh Canadian team, and 
Like, yeah, like you said, we're going for the West here, so. Yeah. Okay, so he's, <laughs> back to you not cheering for Montreal. <laughs> if I think I already know the answer, but Toronto and Montreal face each other. You're cheering for Toronto, right? Well, they faced each other last year, right? And I was actually, yeah. I went for Montreal because I felt like Toronto, and I still feel this way, if Toronto can actually get over that hump of winning a first round, they could win it all. Like, their team is really good, especially this yeah. year. Like, the way Matthews and Marner played, they're unbelievable. Whenever they're out there, they're dominating the play. So, nothing but praise for them at this point. But, yeah, I'd go for Montreal because they're not a threat. And I even said it last year. That's a prediction I got right. Montreal wouldn't make the playoffs. Proud about that one. Yeah, I'd go Montreal over Toronto. Even though I like Toronto's stars more, if that makes any sense, I just don't want Toronto yeah. to win the cup. Like that's like that's the the mentality there and okay. the re- the reasoning. Because we'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, For either or. Matthew, the the stars of Toronto were. Oh, I had a blast watching them. Like Matthews, I love watching Matthews play. He's just what he like. He's just fun to watch, and he has one of the best releases, if not the best releases in the game. Like when he. Shoots the puck, and Morgan Riley's really fun to watch too. I like what you said about you and Zach watching Adam Fox live. Like, I went to one game this year, a Pittsburgh game against Ottawa, and watching Latang play was like kind of fun. Like, he's different from all the other defensemen on Pittsburgh, right? Like, he's just he his vision's completely different, and I totally got what you meant with Adam Fox. Like, it's it's so fun to watch. Yeah, like just highlights how awesome hockey is, and like I, now I this is my first podcast. In the new house I'm at, and I'm actually closer to the uh, the Sens. Right. Like I'm, I'm very close to the the Kane Tire Center. So like I should go watch more games live now, and I'm more incentivized to watch all these stars live. Yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, maybe we can segue to that. Like when next year rolls around for the Sens, like going into and re-listening to that pod going into the year, we were kind of right about the Sens in that like we wanted all their young guys to take a step forward but expectations still weren't that they would make the playoffs unlike our good friend Justin's prediction that the Sens would make the playoffs and that the Leafs would not make the playoffs which is ridiculous but that was a reverse jinx I think yeah so obviously Ottawa still was a bottom team this year a little disappointing what were your thoughts on the season that we just had and kind of looking ahead at next year like what are you hoping to see out of our core going forward what was disappointing for me was like seeing the same mistakes being done and like still trouble in, in our own zone. Like our defensively, basically, I was very disappointed with our our play in our own zone. What I loved about this season, though, was watching guys like Bathurst. Even though Batherson missed a lot of games, like watch Josh Norris, Batherson, Kachuk. Um, I like I thought they had great like they produced, and it was super fun watching Kachuk. Like I like when he came back. Like man, I love Kachuk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Shabbat Shabbat very disappointed uh, year for points, but like he was stellar. Like defensively, he was much better than the previous year. It was fun to watch. Um, I just get like it was painful some games to watch. So Eric, I'm not gonna lie. Just I don't know what it is. Just watching us run around in our own zone, and it's like I I, I can't remember a time where we haven't been like it's it's the same same thing every year with the Sens. I guess. What are your thoughts on like the Sens like? Like, do they not get coached properly in our in our own zone? I don't know what's going yeah, on there on defense. It's, it's interesting. I don't really know if DJ is the issue. And now we're kind of entering a new era of the Sens as well with potential new ownership. So we'll see if, what kind of moves Darion is making at the top now with different influences around. But 
to your point about like all the young guys, like I agree with all of those points. Like everyone took a step forward. Batherson was unbelievable until injured. Um, Kachuk had a great year. Shabbat, I agree, and I I had him in fantasy in one of our in one of my leagues, and he could have had so many more points. He just was not getting the puck luck at all. But yeah. it doesn't even matter. He was just showing that maturity and progression in his game that you can't even worry about him. I think. Potentially this year they'll go off offensively. Like you never know. But he was just playing some amazing hockey. And when he's not in the lineup, his absence is felt. He's definitely has a strong case for MVP of our team, without a doubt. And for me, someone who took the potentially the biggest leap forward was a Tim Stutzla at mm. centerman. Which if in my mind, like that was never an expectation that he would become a centerman for us. It was obviously talked about. But I didn't expect it to happen this quickly and for him to thrive as much as he has. Winning face-offs, maybe he should take some clinics from John Tavares to improve in there, but that'll come with time. <laughs> but his play once he shifted from the wing to the centerman was outstanding. Confidence with the puck, the plays yeah. he's making out there, I, I can't wait to see what this guy's going to do look like in two to four years. He's going to be just in, entering the prime of his career and be a true superstar for us, I truly believe. So, state of the Sens going forward, I can't really predict that we'll be in a playoff spot. I'm just hoping we'll be more competitive and, like you said, not making those same mistakes and losing games the same mm-hmm. way that we have for the last few years and that we have a lead going into the third and then yeah. we somehow shoot ourselves in the foot or don't know how to defend well enough. And is that a coaching issue? That's a yeah. good question. I'll throw it to you. Do you think it is? Like, now there are a lot of actually good coaches available. Like Barry Trotz just got canned. Peter DeBoer. I want to say there are a few others as well available. So do you make that move? What do you think, Matt? I think part. I think mostly it is a coaching issue. We need a better system. Thing is, I'm not like super, super knowledgeable. Like I don't know if I can't just... How much is the players and how much is the coach's fault? I'm not sure. I just... Yeah. It's it's been an issue. Like honestly, every time we change coaches, it doesn't get fixed. So maybe it has nothing to do with coaches, and it's just I don't know. But uh, Stutzla, Eric, thanks for reminding me. He flourished this year, and he's like our own little Barzal out there. You know, like I liken him to him because they have like the same, I guess, size. Um, our power play. I loved watching our power play oh, this year because God. of the like. It's it's we enter the zone, we keep the puck right away. It's like. I didn't see that in the past. It was per. It's perfect. It's it's a, it's awesome. We actually have like five great players out there. Oh, Batherson though. Batherson's my favorite now. Honestly, like yeah, Kachuk too. But Batherson, oh, he's so skilled. Love it. Uh, it reminds me of like a dominant Spezza when he started with the Sens. Just like the size, like same body shape again. Like same number as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just beautiful to watch. I had I enjoyed watching the Sens a lot more this year than the previous like three two three years. So. That's good, right? You know, it's a good sign, right? It is. So I think next year it's going to be even more exciting to watch because you get to see all these young talents flourish again. Um, and watching Shabbat's always fun. I just don't like, like, don't bring in old veterans again on defense. You know, like Josh Brown and people like that. I don't know. Like, I hate seeing that. And a surprise of the year though, Austin Watson. I actually like he grew a lot in my books. Watson was. He's a quality grinder. What do you think of Austin yeah, Watson? I agree. For where he slots in our lineup as well, yeah. like he's, we, we need a guy like him 
for good leadership as well. And he can actually play. He was potting quite a few goals. I think he ended the year with more yeah. goals than Brendan Gallagher. So at, <laughs> like, at way less than half his cap hit, we'll take that all day. And you'd see he'd be getting into a fight every second game, just fire the boys up. So I know yeah. I really like what he brings to the table as well. There's talks of him potentially being on our fourth line to start next year with Parker Kelly, who's been another surprise for me. Like I knew of him, but did not think he'd be making our team this early. Love what he brings to the table, like that physical physicality, the the energy is like kind of a new Pajot, if you will. I don't know if he'll end up being as skilled as Pajot was in his mm. heyday with Ottawa, but that's another good guy that I like with Austin Watson. And then Mark Kastelik also emerged on the scene at the end of the year. Big boy, Western Hockey League, lad, physical. Like That's the perfect fourth line that I hope Ottawa can maintain going into next year. Okay, the power play. What a treat to watch. That was yeah. the best power play I've seen out of Ottawa in the last potentially decade or that I can clearly remember. Yeah. Batherson, when he was out, his presence was missed as well, especially for zone entry establishing puck possession on the power play he just carves his way through the neutral and offensive zone uses his big frame finds some time and space for himself himself and just drops it back and then we get set up the whole league is going to start respecting josh norris's shot as they do ovechkin's soon enough in that you know when it goes to jn9 it's automatic short side rip end of the year with like 35 goals i want to say unbelievable year i really hope we can lock him in long term for like a seven to eight year deal at a seven or plus million dollar cap hit i'm extremely optimistic with this group going forward and to you to compare batherson to spezza i feel like i've seen people are saying batherson norris kachuk is the new spezza Heatley mm. Alfredson line in that Batherson Spezza Heatley is Norris and Kachuk is Alfie and I absolutely love mm. that comparison I think that's the line that's going to take us to the promised land and then Stutzla on your second line with maybe For- you know, Formanton's also been extremely impressive oh, yeah. me. took another step forward love what mm. he can do it's offensively like there's there's more to that the tip of the iceberg that we've seen and then we just need someone else on that right wing flank. Rumors so of Claude Giroux. Yeah. If we can get him ah. at a not too high cap hit, I'd be all on board for that. Giroux is unreal for Florida after the trade deadline, but I think I've heard comments of him saying that he has no interest of leaving Florida, so we'll see what happens there. But Ottawa does need to make a move and bring in someone else, I think. So you're saying we have a new pizza line with Kachuk, Batherson, yep. Norris. And... 100% new pizza line. Nice. The double, yeah. the deluxe pizza line. Um, and also Formington and Brown on the PK was like a treat to watch this year too. Yes. Formington just blows by everybody. He's probably as fast as McDavid without the puck. Yeah. Yeah. But with the puck, McDavid's the quickest. Exactly. Because his hands can keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Formington would have 50 goals if he was at like... The amount of chances he has is unreal. But yeah, he, you can say, oh, yeah. He could be the next Chris Kreider. You never know. Similar style, like similar wheels yeah. as well. And Kreider, Kreider had never scored 30 goals before this year. So this is like, really out of the yeah. blue that he exploded yeah. for 51 rips. Yeah. You never. I'm not saying Formington should be expected to do that, but you never. You really never know in this day and age. Um, I watched a lot. Yeah. 
I watched a lot of highlights. Like Kreider is a lot of his goal, the rebounds and the deviations and tips and like body in front of the net. He got a lot of goals like that. And like, that's a kudos to him. And he's such a strong player, uh, like physically strong. Famous video of him jumping out of the pool with like, oh, just yeah. like jumping. You jump, un- unreal. That's leg so, like, goals right there. Just being right? able to hop out of the pool like that. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He's a force out there. But no, I'm excited for the Sens, Eric, and I think I'm going to enjoy even more. I'm going to enjoy watching it even more next year. So, yeah, I mean, we have also like the seventh overall pick, and then there's been talks about mm, trading yeah. that pick for immediate help. Do you have any thoughts on that, or would you prefer that we add on another top prospect and see if they fit into our team's plan down the road? Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing trading that pick for a player, but a player that's still young like i don't want someone that's only gonna last two th- like yeah i'm not i i'd like to see dorian trade for a pick a player that's gonna help us now actually absolutely a player that's not doing super well in the in a team's environment but if they get a fresh start they could flourish and like like i i feel like we should take a chance like that on a player that hasn't proven himself yet but could like something that dorian's like expert scouting skills sees that the other team hasn't because the, the the round like you're playing the like the draft is a roulette of like oh could be great or it could be not. How many times do we go back and be like that player got picked over this player like crazy? So CC over Vasilevsky, but we don't ah. need to dwell, we don't need to dwell on that. But um, that happens CC's literally well. every yeah. single year, every round. But Me there too. are always yeah. those players that go a little later and they end up being better than like, ten players that picked before them. So yeah. I agree. If we can get that right player for that the seventh overall pick, I'd be okay if we trade it. A big name that people want Ottawa to go after is Kevin Fiala out of Minnesota. For some reason, I'm kind of skeptical about in that he's a great player. He's he put up like eighty some points this year. I think eighty two points, unbelievable year. But there's stuff, uh, some things about him that I worry about in terms of inconsistency and mm. perhaps character which i believe are important criteria in pierre dorian's checklists so we'll see he could be like that would be a player that fits the bill of is still young but also a little older he's born in 96 so he's about Mm. 26 years old and would be an injection of skill in the lineup i'm just scared that Fiala will be like the whole Evgeny Dadanov situation where yeah, Fiala's only perfect. good because like who does Fiala play with in minute with Minnesota, right? Yeah. He um does, does he play got, with Kaprizov? He he wasn't with know. Kaprizov on the, his okay. line. He was on the second line actually. Maybe sometimes they did get okay. time ice time together, but for the most part he was separated from him. Okay. So he did get his points the honorable way and not writing shotgun to uh, one of the better younger stars in the league in Kaprizov. But oh. another name that's been floated out, which I really hope Ottawa doesn't do this trade, especially for the seventh overall pick would be Dylan Strom, who mm. he's a player that would be exactly that has shown signs of brilliance in Chicago, but the last few years has really fallen off and he's still young. He's 25 at that price, seventh overall, I would not want us to take that. That's a bigger risk, in my opinion, than having that seven overall pick pan out to be an impact player. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could see Strom not working out in Ottawa, whereas the seventh overall hits for Chicago. So it's tough to say. I'm not a pro with yeah. this. I'm just speculating. But 
might be more rewarding to play the long game. And But Kaprizov, like, that was a treat to watch this year, all his highlight reel goals. And I, he exploded this year. Like, I mean, you reaped all the benefits in the fantasy pool. Absolutely. But uh, that's that's going to be an exciting thing, an exciting player to watch next year, and like he could be he easily finished. I mean, he finished in the top ten in points, I think, or maybe yeah, I think seventh overall. He had a hundred. Yeah, he could points. easily finish in the top. I could see him winning. Well, not with McDavid, but like I can f- see him in the top five. I mean, he already almost oh, yeah. cracked it this year, I, so very fun player. Five, yeah. Very fun player to watch. And he killed it in the playoffs as well for Minnesota. And the rest of their team, Fiala, didn't really show up in Minnesota for the playoffs against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So that's another worry I have around Fiala. But who knows? He could be the perfect player for us. What do I know? But So are you going for, mm-hmm. just like for the remaining four teams, to bring it back to that? We've given a good rundown on Ottawa, I think. You think Tampa, you're going for Colorado, though? That's who you're going for ultimately? Yeah. Or is it Edmonton? Like, I want Colorado to win. I think Tampa Bay, though, is going to defeat them. I love the Colorado team, not just, like, McKinnon. I like uh, Landeskog and uh, Kale McCarr, which he's not very strong defensively. So, like, that's going to be... Like, I like the Nurse, I find, is a better player than McCarr all around in terms of, like, he'll help uh, Edmonton more than... Like, Nurse is solid. Um no, I like Kadri's playing well too. I I don't like Kadri, but like I don't know. It's fun to see him be like he's not as uh, he's toned down his um. He kept his temper in check basically. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I like the Colorado team. I think I've always liked Colorado from a kid, like watching Joe Sakic win all his cups. And my dad was a huge Colorado fan. I have a soft spot for Colorado. Great uniform, great logo. Like I just like their whole team. So great name too. Great name. Yeah. Like it's. Great. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I call, I'm going for Edmonton overall, but if Colorado wins, I'm going for them in the finals. I agree with you on Kadri, and that's actually someone I wanted to talk about as well. Like Everything he went through in that round against St. Louis, the whole Bennington mm. injury situation, I think, was blown way out of proportion. I don't think it was intentional, honestly. Obviously, you look at Kadri's track record. He's done very questionable acts in the past, like blatant headshots, dirty hits I think he's cleaned his act up like you said as well and he kind of got pushed into Bennington chasing that loose puck to bang in the rebound I think all the messages that he received on Instagram I don't know if you saw any of this Matt but there are a bunch of messages that were sent to his wife to him like death threats racist messaging that has no place in obviously hockey but just in life in general and, like, you're an f- absolute loser if you're sending a player messages like this, their family messages like this. Like, have some friggin' self-respect. And what do you think th- like putting that kind of energy out in the world is accomplishing? I know I'm, like, now shitting on those people, which is negative energy, but warranted. They deserve it. And, yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, those people, and a lot of them, this happened to them. Because their names were in the messages, They the wife... Kadri's wife took screenshots, posted them on social media. And then people found these people online and forwarded these messages to their bosses and to associations Good. they're part of. And they got cut from hockey teams. I don't know if any of them lost their jobs. But honestly, if you see these messages, 100% warranted to lose your job over sending idiotic messages to someone over a hockey game and thinking there'll be no repercussions. So that's kind of my piece on that. 
was so happy for Kadri. Never thought I'd say this in my life. To see him score a hat trick in St. Louis and get the last laugh. Lost a lot of respect for St. Louis to begin. Like, and David Perron, specifically, he was super dirty in that series post-injury to Bennington. I understand like he wants to step up for his goalie. But really lost respect for him. And um, yeah, St. Louis... I know that those fans don't represent the whole fan base, but tough look for them. Like it's friggin' hockey. Like relax. You know what I mean? I can't. I I don't need to add anything more. Like you said it so beautifully. Like and my dad even told me like St. Louis. Did the team even apologize for what happened? I don't even think so. They hardly acknowledged it. Exactly, and that's like the biggest takeaway. They're like, there's and Perron like is. I've always thought he was a little psycho, that guy. Like, he's got the... He loses his temper, but, like, so did Kadri in the past. Um, that was an exciting... That was a fun series to watch, actually. Colorado-St. Louis with all, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff and then, like, the the talent on the ice. Um, so, yeah, Colorado and Tampa Bay and... Uh, it just... It's, like, offense versus defense. But, I mean, players... Like, Tampa has so many, like, unsung... Yeah, they have their star, Stamkos and Kucherov, because I don't think point, Point's not coming back from that, like, hamstring, I think, or oh, leg. That was uh, rough to watch. Yeah, so, like, all the unsung heroes for, like, the Killorns, Nick Pauls, like, Sorelli, like, they're fun. To, and Sergachev, like, too, is playing like a boss. And McDonough is, I, what I love about McDonough is, like, just all the hits he's dishing out. Like, I love it. Um, puck stop, um, all the oh, block shots, too. Yeah. Hedman, effortless. I, I I find he looks like Brad Pitaletto, so I was like, he's like Achilles out there, you know, no weakness. He's just like <laughs> murking guys on the battlefield, like in Troy, you know, just hundred percent, right? Does look like Cliff Booth out there. I don't know. <laughs> I always thought that like he looks like Brad Pitt, so it's funny. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> but great, yeah, great reference too. Yeah. And um, another guy too, Tampa has, which is a player that. These guys are rare breeds in the NHL. I wish Ottawa could find someone like this. It would be Eric Cernak. Unbelievable sure, yeah. shutdown physical defenseman, right-hand shot. And he actually comes in clutch with random snipes out of nowhere, too. Like, <laughs> this guy can play. And he was a guy that Tampa traded Ben Bishop to L.A. for Cernak. It was straight-up trade. And wow. at the time, Bishop was still in the prime of his career, and I remember specifically looking at this trade, like, who the hell is Eric Cernak and why are they not getting way more than this for Ben Bishop? I was just thinking, like, first-round pick, top prospect. Well, it turns out they got that and then some in Eric Cernak because a first-round pick could only dream of becoming as good as Cernak. Unsung hero, in my opinion, at its greatest. And that's the kind of guy that I think Ottawa could, or any team really, could use in a right-hand shot big like that six foot four 220 shut down d physical like those guys don't grow on trees and no he's a big part of tampa's success as well well said i like watching him play too and right there those four guys those four guys on defense right yep doesn't even mm. matter and even like bogosian's playing good hockey for them too <laughs> i thought he had nothing left in the tank but he's doing his thing Corey Perry as well. Like Tampa uh, is just right? Tampa is just yeah. built to win. They know what it takes to. I chirped Perry before the playoffs. Like I'm like, oh, he's he's 
like I saw him with Montreal the last time, but like this time I'm like, no, he's actually done. No, he's actually he he rises to the big moments. Perry, he finds the tank, the gas in the tank. Props to Perry. I never liked him. I like obviously going back to the Ottawa uh, Ottawa Ducks days. No, he knows his role perfectly. That's his Corey Perry strength. He knows what he has to do out there. It'll be exciting to watch. I'm ex- like, it's a great time to be a hockey fan and. I don't know. I got this huge projector now in front of me. I'm going to watch the game on tonight. And it's I'm super spoiled right now watching sports every night. And it's going to be great. Oh, it's the the best time. Especially for yeah. you. You're in the MLB season as well. I'm True, not. Yeah. And if anyone out here is into the NBA finals starting soon, I won't be but, watching. But if you are, good for you. Uh, yeah, it's just a good time. Is it Miami Golden State in the finals? No, Boston Golden State. Boston Golden State. Sorry, yeah. I haven't been following, but I know that there was an ex- like the Boston Miami series was exciting, right? Yeah, I went to seven, but apparently wow. every game was a blowout one way or another. So that's kind of disappointing to see. You want closer games? We'll see what mm. Golden State. And it's funny how Golden State's a team I always rooted. Not that I'm a basketball guy at all here, but I never really <laughs> cheered for Golden State because it seemed like it was automatic that they'd be in the finals and then would win. They had that yeah. crazy run of just always being in the finals and winning, and Steph Curry kind of changed the game as far as shooters are concerned now. And now they were irrelevant for the last few years. I think injuries was a factor as well. And now they're back. And it's everyone's kind of cheering for them now. It's their return from their redemption story, I guess. So it's just cool to see. And I don't really know Boston's players that well. So if Golden State does win again, I'm like, hey, good for them. Another ring added to the legacy similarly to a Tampa Bay not wouldn't be yeah. wins in a row for Golden State but still cool to see one of the best times of year for sports right two two playoffs and two leagues and the start of baseball for me so hence why uh coming uh, when we do a random recommendations which might be like now if you want but yeah, like that's why it's going to be very so short for me because I've been watching sports all the time um do you want me to kick us off then <laughs> sure yeah uh, I have a couple things but kick us off okay. please yeah so I'll start off with the probably the biggest one, which was I had heard from a few people that the latest Top Gun movie was pretty solid. Based on the trailers, I had zero intention of going to see this movie. Had never seen the original, still haven't seen it. Heard from some reputable sources that it's solid. I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out. So Andy and I went to see it this past weekend in theaters, obviously. Both absolutely loved it. It was really a great movie that merits to be seen on the big screen. Probably, not probably. Definitely the one I've seen all year that was the best in theater experience. Based on, and when I say special effects, a lot of this footage was filmed in the F-18 and F-14 fighter jets that the actual Top Gun pilots fly in. So the actors were all trained for three months how to navigate in the plane. They were with pilots in there, of course. They weren't flying the planes at all times there, but they still knew they knew what was up and gained a lot of respect for all the actors involved. The action was unreal. Just such a fun movie. Truly a blockbuster summer movie. And now I was actually watching a review for it on another podcast earlier. And one of the guys said that now the risk here is that a lot of people are hyping the movie up. So you have to go into the theater, Mm. not with these crazy expectations that'll blow you away. But I have a hard time believing anyone watching that movie in theaters comes out of there disappointed, really. Even if you're hearing from everyone like, oh, it's unbelievable. 
And if it doesn't hit that mark for you, you'll still have a good time. So I strongly recommend going to see it in theaters. Have you seen it, Matt? I have not, and I'm going to go see it because I've been hearing nothing but praise, Eric. And from people that aren't even Tom Cruise or Top Gun fans, I just hear it's like the blockbuster of the summer. Like, it's highly entertaining. Um, I know my parents are going to go see it. Like, I'm going to be super jealous because I know they're going to love it. Like, that's the thing. I know, I already know I'm going to like this movie. I like the original. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. And I hear the movie was well done. So that's a form, uh, recipe for success in my books. For the, the experience in the theater, like the sound, Eric, like that's why it's, you have to see in the theater, right? Because you're watching jets fly. So like what better place than the biggest screen possible and the sound? Or like was it super loud and like you felt like you were there? Like kind of Dunkirk style, you know, when the, Tom Hardy's flying his plane in Dunkirk? Like was it like that? Sure, I haven't seen Dunkirk, but I'm sure it's similar. <laughs> But no, the sound is definitely a huge factor and it's just the footage is unreal. Like you'll see when the planes are flying and soaring in the sky. It's just so cool to see on that big screen. Like I know you have a projector, but it's not as big as in the theater. And this, yeah, I guess the sound would probably be the biggest factor. And there are a lot of wow moments that it gets amplified when it's on that big of a screen. Right. And in a Mm -hmm. room full of people who are all there for that purpose of, you know it's a great blockbuster action movie. It was a good good vibes in the theater. I only have one w- minor complaint about the movie, but I don't really want to say it until you see it. Okay. Overall, I really enjoyed it. How was Miles Teller in the movie? I'm becoming more and more a fan of him the more I see him in stuff. And I haven't even seen him in that many movies. Obviously, Whiplash is the one I've seen the most of his. Yeah. That's what made me a fan of him. He was great in this movie. The supporting cast awesome. was fantastic. John Hamm is killer in this as well ed harris there's um, a few other actors i had never seen anything and they're all great like just an overall great movie definitely recommend and i'm saying in theaters is a must for this that sound hits different like i was talking about my projector and watching sports but one of the downfalls of me moving out was i'm a lot further away from uh, movie theaters now but i'm Mm. still gonna make the trek to my church and go see movies um (laughs) I'm going to get into, I'll get into the movie I watched, which I don't know if it's still in theaters anymore. Am I saying that, you know, I totally did not go see it at the theater, but uh, I watched The Northman. Oh, nice. Um, and I will be buying this movie because I loved it so much. So okay. don't hate me for watching it on the internet. But uh, <laughs> Northman is directed by Robert Eggers, who directed two movies that I love, The Witch and The Lighthouse. So this third movie, The Northman, three for three for me. This is a Viking period piece movie, a revenge movie. That's all I'll say about the story. Alexander Skarsgård stars in the movie as our main character. And you got Anya Taylor-Joy as the female lead. And she is excellent in this movie. I like My love for her grows every time I watch a new movie with her. She's just awesome. And she was in The Witch, Robert Eggers' first movie. And she was great in that. She's even better in this movie. Alexander Skarsgård is like totally believable as this lead character. Like he's Jack. He fights like a badass. He's he has the perfect look of a Viking. Um, probably because he has Viking ancestry way down the line, you know, like Swedish ancestry. Very gory, Eric. Very violent movie. Like this is how I describe the action scenes. They're like Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones type of action. Nice. Long shots, like no cutaways, just one thing like you know in battle of the bastards just like one opponent to the next like just killing that's how the action's done in this movie not a lot of cuts just straight up gore very like like i said a revenge tale you know what you're gonna get really recommend the northman 
especially if you're a fan of Vikings or any of those shows on Netflix with during that period. Um, have you yeah. you've heard of it, Eric? Yeah, you know, I really wanted to see it. I don't know if I just looked it up. It's not a landmark anymore. It is still playing in um, Scotiabank Theater. It looks like only late slots, like 10, 15. It's a little late for me. It's a long movie. I definitely do want to see yeah. it. I'll try to see if I can find a, a slot before it leaves the theater. But eventually, I'm definitely going to watch this movie. It, it piqued my interest initially just based on that setting. I'm a big fan of Viking mm-hmm. lore. I haven't seen that much of it personally, so I'd be a... And it was getting good reviews. So definitely on my radar, we'll watch at some point. For sure. Glad to hear you liked it. So, yeah, you this this one doesn't need a theater, but like okay. it's gonna pop up on streaming like very soon. So Hopefully maybe on Crave or yeah. something. Yeah, was... movies are going on Crave so quickly now that right? the new Crimes of Grindelwald. No, the yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore is already on Crave. Yeah, I saw Ridiculous. that. I, I saw the announcement for that. So I'll, I'll oh, be well. checking it out at some point. Yeah. Legally, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel bad, but like, geez, like I'm, I can't help it, Eric. I will buy this movie though, so I'm gonna support the movie anyways. But yeah, I shouldn't be advert, I shouldn't be advertising all this on the on the airs, you know. It's all, I'll I'll snip this whole part out. <laughs> nah, it's okay. No, no, keep um, it in. That's the only movie I've watched recently because, like, you have been just knee deep into the sports. I've started up a show recently that is a, also a, a cult classic, just huge for this genre and seeing as i have crave might as well capitalize on this library that hbo has in that i started watching this the iconic show the sopranos last week absolutely loving it yes such a good show obviously it's hailed as one of the best shows of all time and it lives up to the hype it's a little maybe slow ish slower than i was expecting but i don't mind whatsoever i just like hanging out with these characters I now my mentality is switched. Like I'm in a I'm in the mob now. Like I'm part of the the family. I'm a capo, and um, obviously not. But it's I'm super into it. Tony Soprano is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters of all time. I just find him so cool, and I love all of his like his lines are the dialogue is so sharp. I find it hilarious. Another little thing I find really funny is that they make all these references to like Godfather and Goodfellas and Casino. And then you have Lorraine Bracco, who's a very important character who plays Karen in Goodfellas. So it's a very meta reference that's happening in this world that she's a part of those movies. So it's just kind of funny. Love like Eddie Falco, who plays Carmela Soprano. So Anthony, Tony Soprano's wife. She's fantastic. One of my favorite so far anyways wife characters i've seen in a show she really flips the script on how we've seen some other wives like i'll make a comparable to breaking bad skylar is extremely annoying and universally hated whereas i feel like of what i've seen of carmela soprano she's a a badass and doesn't take sure she kind of anyways it's just interesting dynamic but i'm a huge fan of her character right now and i'm also loving lorraine brocco jennifer nelfi her character as well. A lot of good intrigue in there. I'm excited to see where it goes. Love me some mafia content. And I've never seen a show. Yeah. Boardwalk Empire, I guess, would be the closest thing I've ever seen as far as like a mafia show is concerned. But I'm really enjoying this right now. So if you have Crave, strong recommend for The Sopranos. It's it's funny, Eric. I've 
I've been watching a lot of like TikTok and YouTube shorts like in the last month or so, just like on like when there's a commercials during the hockey game or whatever. But it, a lot of Soprano clips pop up for me because I guess that's like my search history or whatever. But like it's making me want to rewatch the Sopranos because I'm crying of laughter during some of these scenes. Like Polly, Polly always cracks me up. Christopher too. Some like Christopher was one of my favorite characters, uh, along with Tony. Um, but like I want to rewatch the Sopranos. So when you brought it up, I'm like, man, it's due for a rewatch. The dialogue is like the strength of the show. The dialogue and characters, yeah, it's a gangster show. You know where some of the stuff is heading, but like story wise, but. Eric, the, wait, wait till all the g amazing guests, actors like get on there. Like Steve Buscemi's in there, uh, down the road. Like he's great, and among others. Like, are you, are you like season one, season two right now? So I just finished up season one. I just started season okay. two the other day, and uh, I knew about like, Buscemi, but don't tell me any other guest actor. Okay. I want to just see okay. them pop up and see. Like, okay, this guy's or this girl's in the show. So it's uh, it's been fun that. to watch, and I know virtually nothing about the show. Okay. So it's um I'm going in kind of blind and just seeing yeah. where it takes me. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, like it, it, the show's really funny, but then you'll have those intense like emotional scenes, like oh, it's serious now. Like all these guys are the arc some of these characters go through. Eric, it's truly amazing. Like Sopranos influenced so many other shows, and you see it. You'll like you'll see it. What I mean, James Gandolfini, like he's a legend in my opinion, just because like his portrayal of Tony is is legendary. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I bet wasn't your dad like? A, is your dad? Isn't your dad a huge Sopranos fan? Yeah, I haven't talked yeah. to him about the show yet, but I'm looking forward to it and um, just yeah. hearing what he thought about the show. But I definitely know for a fact he was a big Sopranos guy yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, my mom's seen it as well, and um, excited to talk to them about it when I when I start to see more. Anyways, there, but uh, yeah. yeah, my dad's big in like mafia stuff. Like he loves those movies right. as well. So. In fear of turning this into a Sopranos cast, I'll just like <laughs> we'll move on to my next thing, um, which I don't. You know what the streaming site Tubi is? Yep, yep. We talked about it before. Yeah, like for old movies, that's my go-to now. And I rewatched Twelve Angry Men. I rewatched the uh, the TV movie they made in '97 or '96, which is literally the same movie as the black and white, but with completely different actors. That's the reason to watch it, just to see the different performances. And you know what, Eric? It's amazing. And if you want to, if you feel like rewatching Twelve Angry Men, watch the '96 version. You got a lot of actors that you'd recognize. I mean, there's a lot of older actors like Jack Lemmon and George C. Scott, but like, there's also these new actors. Like, I mean, there's three African American actors in there, and already there, that's a different twist, right? It's not all these twelve old white dudes. It's like they, it's they change things, so it's good. And it's intense too. So, Twelve Angry Men on Tubi. So I watched those two movies. That's it for my movies. I know I've been giving updates on the book I'm reading, *Sapiens: A Brief History of Humankind*. I'm almost done the book. It's amazing. Good. Like I know I said that last time. I was like halfway. The more I'm reading, Eric, it's like it's progressing to like closer to where we are now, and it present. It's very interesting. I'm gonna drive it over to you when I'm done. Okay, right on. Thank um, you. Because I know you want to read it too, and like, I've just been really slow. But you know, I've I've been moving this last few months, so so yeah. So those two movies and Sapiens, like, I go buy that book, folks. Have you been reading anything new, Eric? No, or? actually, um, since we did our last pod, I don't think I've read much at all. Honestly, I've been uh, okay just in sports, doing stuff, been a little busier, so I haven't really put time aside to 
read. I'll get into it again at some point, but now it's so tough with just summer really hitting its stride and starting to, to pick up. So I do want to read. It is fun and um, I'll, I'll make some time for it, but probably won't be crushing as many books as I was in the winter and early spring months. But anyways, I still want to make some time for it because it is important and I do, I do enjoy reading. So I've uh, similarly, similarly with like music, I haven't been listening to that much new music. I still keep mm-hmm. up though with the, the prominent albums that are released. I do want to recommend one last week or last time I preemptively recommended the Harry Styles album. Definitely enjoying that one. So check that out. If you haven't listened to it, Harry's house, good stuff. The one I'm recommending is called killing nothing by Boldy James and real bad man. So pretty much the last few years, I've had a Boldy James album on my top 10 list. This one, we'll see if it ends up there at the end of the year, but I'm really enjoying it. Boldy just does his thing. He's super consistent. He drops at least one to two albums per year, and they're always fire. And this one is no exception. The gritty street tales that he recalls on a somewhat monotone delivery it just yeah. works for him. He's a very has a very unique flow, and um, a lot of bangers on here. A lot of catchier choruses I found on this album as well. Love the beats, some good features as well. Stove God cooks, Rome streets in there. Expecting big things from their debut albums. I recommend that album, Killing Nothing, Boldy James, Real Bad Man. It's good stuff. I I endorse that. I That's really cool. liked it. I listened to it again on the way to work today. Nice. So. Yeah, I liked it. But his delivery is so unique. Like mon- like you said, monotone. It's just very like consistent. Yeah. But um, well, Okay, what did you think of Kendrick Lamar's new album? Yeah, so I, I listened to it twice in full now. I think it's a good album. It's a solid album, but um, I think it'll need multiple listens for me to give a full opinion on. Mm-hmm. But it's the first one that he's released that I haven't instantly loved. You know what I mean? Good Kid, Mad City. Yep. I still remember listening to it for the first time. Loved it right away. To Pimp a Butterfly, I was into it immediately. As soon as the first, like the beat dropped on um, Wesley's Theory, I was like, okay, we're in for a good one here. And that's an amazing album. Damn, that one grew on me with time, but I still really liked it the first time. This one, it plays out really differently. It's more like a memoir autobiography yeah yeah not many catchy songs either not that you necessarily need that for a great album but it kind of helps you know it helps have some catchy songs in there Mm -hmm. well said i don't like for me right now i have my number one favorite album of the year it's not this and this album won't end up number one there that's a guarantee it might grow it might end up on my list of favorite albums if i listen to it multiple times and start peeling layers and really appreciating its greatness but it's not something that i rush to listen to i've only listened to it twice in the few weeks it's been out i've listened to the boldy james album at least four times now so it's not one i run to i'm definitely going to give it more spins but not my favorite of his definitely not how about you i have to re-listen to, i've listened to it more times than you i have long rides to work so but like I find it a very emotional and like storytelling album, which isn't a bad thing, but like I wasn't, that's not what I was expecting, which I shouldn't like let that influence my 
my taste or anything, but like song, like, you know, the we cry together song, yep. like the inf like that, that's not a song. That's like that in my head, I can picture everything. I haven't watched a music video, but when I listen to that song, I'm like, this is like a scene from a movie I'm watching yeah. and I can p play it all in my head. So is that actually a good thing that this song's invoking these feelings in me of like brutal, like fights, like scenes from a marriage or a marriage story. Those are two intense like relationship movies like is that what i wanted from a kendrick lamar I, I don't think that's what i wanted eric that's why i find this is a very intense and i guess he but like he 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 doesn't put out albums he doesn't put out a lot of albums and he took his time like this is what he crafted and gave us so we should accept it and i will give it i will be more patient with it and give it more and i enjoyed some of the, a lot of the songs i enjoyed but i found it was very like a very taxing Yes. album to listen to like it was in like it was hard to like finish it i was like oh my god i need to listen to something more cheerful <laughs> or or like a bank like bangers i don't know yeah. yeah what you said was perfect actually so and, and our, our previous guest brandon told me too he's gotta like he's gotta like let some time go by and keep re-listening to it because him too he was unsure i think he thinks it's gonna be like a, cl not a classic but he thinks he's gonna really like it but it's gonna take time and it has to marinate more in his brain so i think that's the case for me too and i feel like we've kind of talked about this already but aren't the greatest movies or greatest albums the ones that truly need multiple viewings or listens to appreciate their greatness and themes and all of those fun things you go yeah. you want to see when you listen to music but I just don't see this being my favorite. Like I said, it might end up being in the list, but I'm sure just based on what you said as well, that you wouldn't have this as your favorite as of right now. Right? No. And that we cry no, together no, song so many, is, yeah. is brutal. I actually, I enjoy yeah. the song though. Yeah. I find it really interesting and kind of funny at times, but it's, it's a taxing <laughs> listen. Just that one song. Yeah. And he yeah. addresses a lot of important themes like auntie's diaries that's a heavy song. Yeah. I've only listened to, yeah. well, I've listened to it twice or so. But I remember the first time being, oh man, like this is really, um, you don't hear this in rap songs normally. So I commend mm -hmm. him and respect him for what he did. Again, I'll just repeat myself and say it's not an album I'm in a hurry to listen to all the time. Whereas I was more mm -hmm. wanting to listen to his older albums when they were fresh way more than this one. I still put on his other three albums once in a while for the car ride. It's just, epic so yeah I, I was i just wanted to know your thoughts because i know i'd like it's not a recommendation but it's like uh i was too curious yeah. i could have asked you off air but like i had to oh, we can loop that <laughs> anything goes in random recommendations honestly it's uh, no rules out go. here uh, i got i mean i watch one other movie but it's like I'm, it's pirates of the caribbean i mean oh, well nice. perfect movie nothing else needs to be said johnny depp's amazing in the Agreed. movie i actually should Period. spin that soon it's been a while since i watched that movie. yeah actually what are your thoughts on apparently they're gonna remake another pirates of the caribbean movie with margot robbie that's in the works potentially Ooh. do you like that idea Ooh, i do like that idea love that idea because the last two were not so hot this would make it hotter mm. So I feel like that's a, an In avenue they should explore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But you'll be surprised if you rewatch part one, how many lines you remember. Like every line feels like a classic quotable line. And isn't that the mark of a masterpiece? Like you, you, you know, each line coming up yes. that he's going to say, it's just, ah, 
perfect movie. It's almost 20 years old now, and Crazy. it's flawless. Uh, I had one yeah. other thing written down in my notes. That this is f- super random. I don't know if you've heard of this, but they're making a Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. Have you heard of this, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I did. That's absolutely Briefly hilarious. On a podcast. Yeah, I yeah. Can't, I'm actually gonna go see this movie. I don't know in theaters or not, but <laughs> I'm very interested to see what they do with this. Really flipping that tale of Christopher Robin is now off to college and can't provide for piglet and winnie the pooh so they go on a killing spree who came up with this give them a raise because that's straight genius <laughs> oh i gotta find out yeah honestly you know more than me about this movie but like i bet you it's somebody like like that's in like knows the horror genre and yours is gonna blood be and the... honey winnie the pooh blood and honey yeah blood what a name too I feel like Eeyore is going to be the moral compass that gets capped probably at the halfway mark. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see what happens. But... Oh, I don't know who this director is, so it's a new voice in horror then. Horror, in the last 10 years, horror movies, this is going to be a future topic for an episode, I think. But like horror movies have been, this is like the second golden golden age of horror films right now, which people don't realize it Yeah, because they're not going to the theater. We could definitely do another horror one. Yeah, I mean, that's all I had to recommend, honestly, at this point in time. Yeah, me too. Just summer and the sports are flowing excessively on TV. Let's go Edmonton tonight, get it done. And yeah, it's kind of fun that we did it this way, that both series haven't started. And then by the time this drops, both teams will have played three games each. So we could be completely wrong or right on the money. So I'm interested to see how it plays out by the time this drops. And um, we can... Maybe comment on it in our next random recommendations, how everything went out. We'll see. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I had. Matt, any final notes for the people? Just thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the awesome playoffs that are about to happen, the final four. And uh, stay safe. And I hope you're uh, hope everyone's enjoying summer so far. Agreed. So, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And, yeah, peace.